0: you have what it takes to make the next jeep easter egg you could be famous and win a jeep of your choice want to know how and if you've never inspected your jeep after a run we're going to walk you through what to do and what not to do and don't forget to share the jeep talk show with your friends just tell them to go to jeeptalkshow.com
1: you're listening to a 4x4 radio network podcast Are you ready?
2: It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body
3: damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure?
4: Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back.
2: Strap in embrace yourself yourself.
4: it doesn't matter if you have a jeep want a jeep or never driven anything but jeeps this show's for you josh tammy wendy and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about jeeps
0: of course or steaks you know oh god yes (laughs) yes steaks a little (laughs) inside baseball there oh don't don't get me started started recording yeah (laughs) hey i'm josh and somebody cut my hair please now anybody Except oh.
5: for
6: maybe Travis But literally anybody else I need a haircut <laughs> Oh no Poor Travis Howdy It's Wendy Don't worry about those new dents Those are trail badges of honor
4: You know I'm Tony And I'm really sad The only oh. thing I have left Remember the 99XJ That I recently sold Is the oil stain in the driveway
0: Oh. <laughs> Local Jeep news National Jeep news And news from around the world It's This Week in Jeep You know jeeps don't leak they just mark their territory yes. that's how that goes <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna give this team an a for effort you know just what on earth would cause a wrangler a raptor and a three hundred thousand dollar sport boat all to sink in one afternoon now hold my beer i got this now, in all seriousness, it was a scene straight out of a Disney Goofy movie, <laughs> yuck, or perhaps a uh, modern-day remake of The Three Stooges. In any case, Cedar Lake, Indiana was the place to be to catch this S-show as it unfolded. <laughs> now, they say the road to hell is paved with best intentions, and I'm sure it was in the best of intentions when Cedar Lake suddenly found itself to be more of a parking lot than a body of water. Apparently, a rather rich but not too bright family attempted to rescue their sinking boat by using the family's vehicles, according to emergency personnel, Saturday evening. Now, we are told the owner did not bring his helicopter out to assist, which may have proven to be the biggest mistake of all. And there's certainly plenty to go around in this story. The owner of the vehicles uh, and boat is now in deep trouble, no pun intended, with the Indiana Conservation Police and the Cedar Lake Fire Department Marine Unit as well. With their insurance company, isn't likely too happy either. It's also possible that the state of Indiana may have a word or two for them as well. Cedar Lake is a state-owned body of water, and driving one vehicle, let alone two, into it is a no-go. Pair that with the potential for oil pollution, and you've got an even stickier situation than what you see on the surface which is two floating trucks and a sinking boat. You see, when you're too rich to have enough smarts to remember the transom plug for your super expensive high-performance superboat as you put it into the water, I can honestly say that it doesn't take millions of dollars to have two brain cells to rub together to realize that maybe driving your tricked-out Ford Raptor down the boat rampant into the water to save said boat, now karmically sinking into the lake that it was so haphazardly launched into, isn't the brightest of ideas, and you got what you deserved. I would even go way out on a limb and venture to say that any number of you listening right now wouldn't need a seven-figure income or a bottomless trust fund to realize that it might also be a bad idea to then grab your even more tricked-out Jeep Wrangler and drive it into the water to attempt to save either the boat or the Raptor because there is no way in hell that you're stupid enough to think that you could honestly have a chance of saving both. Did you? Oh, God, you were. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't. I personally happen to have it on good authority that installing a lift kit in large off-road tires does not make your Jeep float like a boat, or turn your Ford Raptor into a marine recovery vehicle. But perhaps I installed mine wrong. I don't know. It seems I'm seeing more and more stupidity of this level these days, as more and more trust fund babies are becoming YouTube stars by doing stupid stuff. Or, to them, it's acting normal on a Tuesday. Oh yes, please. Take this one-of-a-kind, six-figure Jeep and then jump it off a motocross ramp. Bounce the engine off the rev limiter until you see smoke spewing out the tailpipe, and burn out the transfer case as you do endless four-wheel burnouts before laughing hysterically as the engine that you spent tens of thousands of dollars on seizes up like a bear trap on a deer leg. Now, I don't know about you, but that's going to be a no-good, very bad day when my Jeep sinks into a lake. But for people like this who have more money than sense, it just goes to show that even owning a Jeep doesn't make you smart enough to know how to use one. Unfortunately, it's people like this that give Jeepers and off-road enthusiasts alike a bad name. What's more unfortunate is that despite what is likely going to be a half a million dollar insurance claim, and God knows who, what, or how much sort of environmental fines these people are going to face, these people will be back at this sort of douchebaggery in no time with nary a lesson learned. I guess for the rest of us, people like you and me, it's just more of an entertainment sort of thing and a reason for us to shake our head and not give these idiots the attention they are so very desperate to receive.
4: Josh uh, Why do you uh, why do you hate rich people and can you <laughs> can you point down here on this stack of 100 dollar bills uh, where the where the, uh, bad money where the rich me. Yeah. where the rich person touched you
5: Yeah
6: <laughs> <laughs> Oh.
4: No, hey, I mean I, I, it's a shame, but I look at it like that's their crap and um, they... Yes, but,
6: but who said that was, I mean, does that make any sense to anybody? Let's drive the truck no. in first.
4: Well, I, it doesn't oh, look wait, like it's
6: floating. Let's drive the Jeep in next. I, it, I don't care.
4: It doesn't look like either one of them are floating to me. They they, they actually look like they're, you know, on the ground and I'm... So, so I, I, I the no, Jeep doesn't look like it is deep enough for it actually to you know, hydrolock. But I, you know, I may be wrong about that depending so on I what speed. They find, hit there. <laughs> I,
0: I did manage to find a very small um, a Twitter video that somebody had posted of this event um, uh, uh, going under underway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was sort of like at the tail end of things when the, the truck was already past the point of uh, a flotation and, and was starting to, to wander out into the middle of the lake. That's when they brought <laughs> the Jeep no. into play. Uh, the Jeep had enough lift to where um, it, it was more or less sort of staying on the lake bottom. Um, with still enough, you know, of the engine above water for it to, uh, to, to move around. But when, th- when they realized that, oh, oh, we're not, we're not touching bottom anymore. Um, they, they kind of, uh, started to try and push the Jeep back towards land, mm-hmm. uh, cause it was still floating at that point, get in it and then try and reverse back. But by that time the Raptor was floating out into the lake that the boat was <laughs> already sunk. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was an utter cluster F. And it was just, I'm sitting back and watching this unfold, you know, as much of it as I could through this video, just sitting there shaking my head, wondering what in the heck was going through your head? Thinking that, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and drive the Raptor into the lake. That, that should do right. It. <laughs> and
4: it's like, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Well, this was well, easily 120, $130,000 worth of vehicle that they were uh, potentially damaging or losing to, yeah. to save a $300,000 boat.
6: Well, and plus, you know, you get the Jeep out there and it's like, OK, who's drawn straws to hold their breath long enough to pull the the winch line out is what I want. That, that's the other thing how, is what, I what was don't the think... of how you're going to rescue this. I, I still want to know that part.
0: I think that their intent was that we're going to hook up the, the trailer uh, that the boat might have still been attached to or something. Uh, oh. to, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I can't possibly wrap my <laughs> head around the logic that would have led to something like this. Is, there, there's no decision-making process that I could possibly think of that could lead to, you know, where two and two equals put the Raptor in the water.
6: <laughs> I just don't I don't, I don't, I don't get it. That is yeah. the most expensive plug ever. Right, <laughs> or lack uh, of a plug. The, uh,
0: the,
4: the thing I'd like to point out is is that it probably didn't mean as much to the owner of the vehicles because they're both white. You know, if it was like red or something, I mean, thank God Seriously? the boat wasn't white. Well, I,
0: thought, I thought you were playing a race card for a minute there. <laughs> I, I
6: thought so for a minute I'm like, is he going there now? Oh, no, no. But
0: both vehicles were white. Yeah. Uh, nothing to do yeah, with the uh, the owner's now. skin color there. Oh dear. There. <laughs> yeah, no, they, oh, dear.
6: Yeah.
0: So well, the boat. I mean, a uh,
4: boat sinking is not. I mean, you don't want to get water in the engine and stuff. But I mean, a boat should be easier, easy enough to recover and get water there. out of than a right. vehicle.
0: Probably got a good insurance plan for that too That sort of thing, but I guarantee you that the Insurance company is going to have some Questions for you about how your jeep Ended up in the lake <laughs> yeah, well, it's
4: just, hey, hey, do I get, yeah, what's is, what is the meme Hey, do I get, uh, am I covered if I hit An animal? Yeah, what'd well, you hit? A fish You know, that, that old one <laughs> Yeah, right
6: <laughs> Oh I just, uh, that I mean, think about it later. If he actually even thought about it, what he did was just a stupid chain of reaction. You the, know? There had
4: to have been some thought because it wasn't just a reaction no, where they there get had one to some vehicle. Crack.
0: There had to have been some
6: crack. There I mean, wasn't
4: just yeah, one yeah, vehicle about in the water. Crack there's two. That's the
0: only thing that I could think of that would lead to something like this happening.
4: know <laughs> this, no, I just, this like isn't this. working out. Let's let's go with what we should have started yeah. with, which was the jeep.
6: <laughs> be like, dude, hold my beer. I have an idea.
4: <laughs> it would. Could, Josh, did you happen to see a snorkel on that jeep? No. <laughs> no I don't even think there was a not. winch. That's
6: that's the. That's thing. the other. That
4: was <laughs> the other question I was going to ask.
6: No, it's not set up for that.
4: Biffy, okay. get on the hood and grab hold yeah. of the boat as I back the Jeep up.
0: What's <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the worst that could happen. Yeah. Well, hey. There it is. <laughs> do you, would, you want to be the next creator of the next Jeep Easter egg. Well, the parent company to Jeep, FCA, is giving Jeep owners and fans alike the opportunity to create the next quote unquote Easter egg to hide on future Jeep models. As if bragging rights like that aren't enough, along with your idea going to the production line, you will also get the chance to win a new Jeep vehicle. For those who have been living under a rock for the last 75 years, Easter eggs in the automotive context are unpublicized style elements hidden on a vehicle and have been around since, well, pretty much Willie's was on the battlefield. So for all of you thinking that you just discovered the lost treasure of Atlantis by finding a pair of flip-flops or a gecko or a spiderweb on your Jeep, well, you need to calm your neglected and overly sheltered butt down. Uh, you're not special, and most of us have known about these for several years. Now, even I reported on the Easter eggs on the new Cherokee before it even came out, and that was like what six years ago or oh, so. Yeah. From mm-hmm. little images of Jeep grills to the three digits 419 or a 1941 Jeep Willys driving up a mountain, Jeep fans around the world are discovering these little Easter eggs hidden on their vehicles, and then posting their finds on social media like they are the first ones ever. It's <laughs> comical, and to this season Jeeper, it's even a little bit sad, but if you think you have the right idea, the right design, or uniquely clever concept for the next generation of Jeep Easter eggs, then you need to hurry up, slacker. The contest runs only through July 2nd. That's pretty much a week from when this was recorded. And ideas can be submitted at www.thenextjeepeasteregg.com. Don't worry, we'll have the link in the website on the website for the notes of this episode. The judging panel includes Jeep brand executives and designers, but oddly enough, nobody from the Jeep Talk Show made it to the judging panel. <laughs> and what? we're pretty sure they got the memo too. The winner will be announced July 31st and will receive a brand spanking new Jeep vehicle of their choice as the grand prize. And wow. of course the aforementioned bragging rights as well. And for those who grew up thinking that everybody is a winner, well, they're not. There's only one winner in this contest, and if you don't get the Jeep, guess what? You lost. So suck it up, buttercup. Put on your big kid (laughs) pants and join the rest of us embracing mediocrity. In the meantime, if you want to see all the Jeep Easter eggs for yourself, well, just look for the millennial in a parking lot or in the driveway holding their phone the wrong way in front of their Jeep acting like they just won the lottery.
4: Or the middle of a lake. Um. So I, I have to agree with Wendy. Uh, uh, Wendy said uh, that uh, real Jeeps don't have any Easter eggs.
6: I didn't say that. Did I say
4: that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute.
6: What? Got the quote I'm sorry. I Facebook. didn't.
4: I didn't realize that, didn't I was outing you. Marks
0: and everything.
6: <laughs> Were you speaking outside of your head again, Tony? Because so, I, I did not say that. So,
4: well, Cherokees, no. for example, the 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 1984 to 2001. Cherokees—they don't have any Easter eggs. I mean, other than the the 4.0 liter engine, the AW4 transmission, uh, all the good, the Jeep goodness that was built into it—that's your Easter egg there. So get over it.
0: Well, there is one Easter egg for the, for that generation, or that that, that generation of Jeep, yeah. Um, and there's a, there's four little numbers on the on the head. Of certain engines And uh, if you see 0331 uh, Congratulations, you found an Easter egg And uh, you'll be likely having some issues
4: There is a crack in your Easter egg I'm sorry (laughs) to tell you
0: (laughs) Well, if you've got a news tip or response To any one of our stories, be sure to let us know By phone or by email Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com And find out how to reach out Hey, coming up a little bit later in the show We've got an interview with Dave Gutwillig Of Brave Motorsports You don't want to miss out on this one, this guy's pretty cool
4: i don't know how you can pronounce those names i had no clue and i talked to the guy
0: (laughs) you're listening to a four by four radio network podcast Oh, you most certainly are, you lucky listener, you. And if you don't know, the 4x4 Radio Network has a little something for everybody, even if they're not into Jeeps. That's right. We've got something for your friends, too. It's not their fault. They can be into other vehicles. It's okay. And we've got something for everybody there at 4x4radionetwork.com. From the On the Trail podcast to Trail Chasers, from Center Steer and even to the 4x4 podcast. Hey, did I mention we're there, too? It's all for free. It's all in one spot. It's all at 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there.
4: Now, I'm not a military person. Maybe one of you guys can back me up on this, but uh, Dan from the 4x4 podcast posted today on uh, Facebook that he's getting another promotion. Uh, He is going to be LTC, which to me means lieutenant colonel. Oh, is it commander? I don't know. I was hoping it was Colonel, because that's like, uh, you know, uh, the SG-1 uh, well, Jack. He's was he's uh, been
0: long enough. I'm surprised he doesn't have a star on his shoulder yet, but uh, well, whatever.
4: I have an agreement with him that if he ever gets high enough in rank and gets, uh, you know, assigned to like Area 51 or the Pentagon, he's going to feed me all the UFO information. So, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really hoping he does well. You know, Dan, keep doing... Keep, keep keep getting promoted. <laughs> now, he, he didn't mention that I might have to die, but that's that's okay. It's worth it. <laughs> oh, he can yeah. tell me, but he has to kill me.
5: <laughs>
4: hey, coming up in Tech Talk, it's time to stop. Hey, what's that sound? We look into the world of speakers and what makes them go down. Hello,
2: Jeep Talk Show. I listen to the Jeep Talk Show while social distancing. Jeep Talk Show, fine this is...
5: Dino, you know,
2: this
6: message is for Sir Crimsalad. <laughs> 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 this is the Show! <laughs>
4: Outstanding.
6: Uh, I think he's been alone too long. That yeah, was that was to get out.
4: that was four voicemails, folks. Count them. Four voicemails oh, that, that I put together four. into one. Okay. Yeah.
6: Wow. <laughs> All from the same number. Talent.
0: <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Hey. Oh, very fun. Very fun. Dedicated fans. Love them. Yep. Yep. Why did you become a paid
4: subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show?
3: Jeep Talk Show is my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday.
4: You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, The
3: Jeep Talk Show. I uh, support a great podcast, been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to.
4: Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button.
3: Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. You
0: got tech questions?
2: Uh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just,
0: I... It's Tech Talk with Deep Talk. Yahoo! Well, just what is that flappy, buzzing, popping sound coming from my speakers anyways? Well, many of us who are now a little hard of hearing have been there probably too many times, judging by the ringing in my ear. Now, you know what I'm talking about. The sun was out, you got off early on a Friday, you just got a raise, you're driving down the road, all the lights are green, and suddenly one of your favorite songs come on and you just gotta crank it to 11. The problem is that we all have been there too many times, and for some of us, our stereos don't sound the same anymore. Maybe there was a big pop, and now nothing in the audio system works. Maybe it's just that one speaker that is constantly making that noise now, or or the sound bar quit on you. Any number of issues can arise when a speaker blows and Sometimes it's a lot more than a voice coil just being fried. Speakers are a wonderful invention, and the technology behind them is actually still making advancements 144 years after their invention. Speakers can blow for any number of reasons, and there are all sorts of states of a blown speaker. Just because a speaker is blown or it blows out doesn't mean it actually stops working. If this has happened to you, well, don't worry. It's not the end of the world. But you do have a, if you do have a speaker making noise, it may not necessarily be blown either. It's uh, been a little while since we've touched bases on the audio side of electronics of our Jeeps, and oh sure, we spent plenty of time talking about double-din head units, alarms, and auxiliary lighting with cool switches, but we've been neglecting the one thing that gets used almost as much as the ignition in our our Jeeps, and that's the audio system. Now, I'm going to focus on the speakers for today, though, and and talk a little bit about some of the things that can cause a speaker to make a funny noise and, and what to do about it. Now, if the system is shut down completely, meaning there's not even a display on the stereo, well, then chances are that's a power supply issue and you should probably check the fuse panel. If the display is on but no sound is coming out, well, then things start to get a little more tricky. You could have a completely shorted out speaker and the system is in a protection mode, keeping the amp that drives the speakers from incurring any kind of damage. The amp in the system itself could be bad and if if that's the case, well, uh, it could be an external amp for premium sound systems and the uh, amplifier is internal to the stereo, standard equipment uh, options. Now, it could also be the stereo itself, uh, but we'll check the speakers uh, first to verify. Uh, and Testing a speaker is as easy as grabbing an meter or a digital multimeter, DMM. The meter is set to ohms. With the meter set to ohms, and that's the little omega symbol or horseshoe-shaped icon on your meter, you will measure the resistance of the speaker across the voice coil. Uh, don't worry if you don't know what a voice coil is, it's, well, it's essentially the heart of the speaker, and it's essentially a thin tube with very small wire wrapped around it very tightly like a coil, and when the voltage from the stereo is sent down the speaker wire, it goes through this coil and creates a magnetic field which reacts to the stationary magnet on the back of the speaker basket. Now, the oscillation of this signal through the magnetic field forces the coil back and forth, and with the cone of the speaker attached to one end of this, the result is motive force turned into audible sound waves. Now, almost every automotive speaker should have a nominal nominal resistance of 4 ohms. If you see more than a half of an ohm one way or the other on a calibrated meter, then you know the speaker is bad, or at least going bad. Now, to determine if your meter is calibrated to a 0 ohm resistance, you're going to need to touch the two probes together, and your meter should read 0.0 on the display. If it doesn't, then the number displayed is your resistance offset, and you're going to need to do some math. The closer to zero a speaker measures the closer to a dead short that it is and well it's definitely blown now and you don't need electrical certifications to know that a short in a stereo system is a bad thing that you don't want speaker resistance can be measured from the back of the stereo at the plug with it disconnected from the stereo or they can be measured from the back of the speaker itself pulling the door panel and inspecting the speaker is a good way to tell what kind of condition the system is in as a whole you have an older Jeep that still has the original system, then chances are those speakers are shot. A speaker doesn't last forever and doesn't have to be blown, uh, have to have a vo- blown voice coil to be bad either. The surround, the part um, that attaches the cone of the speaker to its frame or basket, uh, or the cone itself can actually deteriorate. Either one of these things uh, can go out, causing a severe lack in sound quality and output. This can happen from excessive ex- exposure, exposure to moisture and UV damage from the sun or exposure to petroleum-based chemicals. Too much sun can even make plastic cone speakers brittle over time, and their cones can crack from merely closing the door too hard. So even if the Jeep has aftermarket speakers, they could be due for a refreshing. A trained ear can oftentimes pick up the slightest issue in a system, so don't be afraid to get the opinion of a tech from the stereo shop. These guys go through extensive training and have the ears to pick up on things that you may be used to or just taken for granted as part of owning a noisy Jeep. And this is where I say the old Russian proverb comes into play, trust but verify. You don't have to take the stereo tech's advice as gospel, so have a buddy with more tools and experience than you help you out with some testing and some inspecting. You may find that you were being sold, or you may find that the tech was right and that you have some audio repairs ahead of you. This can be as simple as reconnecting a loose wire, repairing a broken wire, or simply remounting the speaker that came loose. Of course, you could be in a situation where replacing the speaker is necessary because of physical damage to the cone or voice coil, or from electrical damage from excessive volume or too much wattage from a poorly tuned amp or system. Honestly, there are over 100 reasons why your speaker just started making that funny noise, and I could spend two episodes just talking about that alone. But if you're in the market for a new set of speakers, know that there are great sources online to find out what speaker size is in what location and for what vehicle. They are standardized, so don't worry that you're going to be forced into buying some sort of weird specialty Jeep speaker of some kind. And as to what you should be buying, well, that's a topic for a whole nother episode.
4: So um, I don't know what uh, if you if the speakers had already the door speakers had already been replaced in your '99 when you got it, but I remember the Infinity system, which I think you have as well in your Cherokee. Um, the The door speakers uh, went out on mine, and the interesting thing was uh, I replaced them. I think I replaced them. I think it's five and a quarter or five and a half that was in there. Mm-hmm. But you're actually able to put like six, uh, I think uh, six inches were more of a standard size. It's been a number of years since I researched it. So I put a little bit larger speaker in the doors and you were talking about this and it it just dawned on me that those speakers that I've probably had in there for 10 years are are more, probably more like 15 because those Infinity speakers kind of died early. Uh, The door ones, the rest of them are fine. Mm -hmm. I have had no problems with. I, wow. I it, they don't they don't crackle they didn't blow out like the, the the door speakers so I mean I've heard on on multiple occasions the Infinity speakers were crap and I know the ones that were in the door of the Cherokee certainly were for for mine uh, for, for my Cherokee
0: yeah the the Infinity Gold system and that was the uh, that was the top of the line system back then they had uh, both Infinity and uh, I believe uh, JBL in later years but um, uh, yeah the the Infinity Gold systems uh, really were were a subpar premium sound option uh for the uh uh late eighties early nineties and into the early 2000s uh and uh it, it's they've gone away from that and moved into into other things and and better brands and better components and stuff like that but that was a system that uh w- was sold as a premium uh but really performed um really not so well <laughs> lots of problems um and, and it really never lasted I, I I can't tell you how many issues and and how many of those systems that I ended up having to rewire or replace. It is interesting, though, that uh, thinking about this, the rest of the system has been
4: flawless. I have had not uh, little tweeters up in the, uh, or by the, you know, the windows or the,
0: See, you're you're like Jordan's the guy style. running a Dana 35 with 44s. I mean, it's just like you know, you're, you're the one diamond in the rough that you've been able to the sort of uh, circumvent all the things that all the other people have had an issue with.
4: Well, one of the things you do is you listen to podcasts on your stereo and, <laughs> and don't at and not at 100 watts, which I think it's a 50 yeah. watt system. I don't know if you know the answer to this. I've never looked it up, but I was curious. Eight ohm speakers was is pretty much in my mind the standard for. Maybe not uh, not initially uh, home audio or, or vehicle audio, but I, I see the 4-ohm a lot in, uh, in, in both those places. I guess more of the vehicle uh, audio yeah. than what I've seen in home audio. Do you know why that it's 4-ohms instead of 8? Because 8, like I said, has always been a standard to me.
0: Well, uh, 8 was the standard in, in home audio for decades, and honestly, oh, it still okay. is, and it still is. Uh, and the reason for that primarily is because you can get more performance out of a speaker with, um, with less resistance, or I'm sorry, with, with more resistance. Uh, the, the less the number, the more the resistance. So the closer we get to zero, the more resistance there is. Um, and so um, an 8-ohm speaker is not going to have the same kind of output per watt as a 4-ohm speaker will. Because it doesn't have as much resistance, and and therefore won't make the amplifier work quite as hard. Now you got to think about two different kinds of environments here that we're talking about. Your your living room doesn't generally have a whole lot of road noise, um, so you know you don't need to have the the added performance of you know additional output per watt um, from a four ohm speaker in your living room because you don't you don't have to overcome things like wind noise and road noise and rain and hail. And things like that that are otherwise going to drown out the audio of your system. You need that extra little oomph. You need a little bit more coming out of that amplifier. And the e- best easiest way to do that, instead of adding more wattage, is to decrease or I am mean, sorry, increase your, your resistance and drop uh and drop those ohms on your speakers a little bit to get them gain a little bit more output. Um, and this has been going on for in, in competitive audio for you know better part of, of, of you know three decades. Uh, and where you know you you have. You know these massive subwoofer systems that are a half of an ohm away from uh, dead short, and these guys are throwing thousands of watts to these systems in, and they just absolutely pound and produce huh. lots of decibels. Huh. I bet and, you that
4: generates some heat. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Uh, and so, so I mean, it's it, it ultimately uh, Tony. The short answer is it's it's all about the environment and uh, and and what you're trying to overcome.
4: But uh, the eight ohm speakers actually have more resistance than the four ohm speakers. The hints, the eight and the four.
0: No, um, that is incorrect.
4: Okay, how, is that, how, how does that work whenever because one's… Because
0: resistance is, it, when the closer you measure, in, 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 the closer you get to zero when measuring resistance, the closer you are to a dead short, which is Z- infinite resistance.
4: Actually, it's zero resistance. A dead well, short
0: is, is no resistance. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, no resistance. I, I mean, essentially, there would be nothing there, um, and, and you would have a dead short. Oh yeah, um, and, which isn't good for elect-
4: electricity because then the it starts becoming a uh, like a light bulb that starts becoming the filament.
0: <laughs> Technically, a, th- a thousand ohms of resistance is is really not much compared to a half of an ohm of resistance uh, when you're when you're dealing with voltage uh, because the voltage is is, is it's not going to like to see that that half of an ohm resistance. Uh, you can see that, that ten thousand ohms of resistance all day long and uh And really, not not a whole lot's going to happen, but the closer you get to to that dead short, the closer you get to zero, uh the more bad things happen, the more heat that you're generating, Absolutely. the more uh, the more work that's being generated, you know all that sort of stuff so
4: and, and check me on this if you have a, an eight ohm system, but you buy four ohm speakers, you really need to make sure that the, the the speaker matches the output of the stereo, so you either need to put a transformer on there or get the right uh, the right ohm to speaker. For the best performance because you're not going to get as much um, um audio out of a four ohm speaker on an 8, eight ohm system you got, you have to have it matched up is that uh, that is that your well, understanding
0: you're going to be very hard pressed to find automotive speakers that are not 4 ohm and i'm and, and i'm really? not i'm not talking about subwoofers subwoofers are, are a different breed of, of speaker altogether and um and you can get uh, weird ohm speakers. You can get one ohm subwoofers, you can get three ohm subwoofers, you can get six ohm subwoofers, eight ohm subwoofers. But they still and, need to match your matter, equipment. You, you, well, not necessarily. Your, your equipment is going to have a, a, a minimum rating, essentially, as far as how low can it go. And, and most competition-level amplifiers can go down to as little as one-half or one ohm mm-hmm. uh, of resistance on, on, on a single channel. Um, your average car stereo cannot see much less than 4 ohms per channel, um, because the internal amplifier is not set up to run those kinds of loads. Uh, whereas um, an aftermarket amplifier, a large, you know, a dedicated amplifier um, that is, you know, meant for producing a much more much more sound, uh, especially dedicated subwoofer amplifier, you get into like class D amps and, and stuff like that. When you get into classes of amplifiers and stuff, th- this gets into some really technical stuff. But... Um, uh, but essentially it, this is what we're talking about here is, is how stable of a load can that amplifier see before it reaches a dead short and just shuts off. Right. And, and so, uh, I mean, you go to, you know, Alpine, Pioneer, Sony, uh, Kenwood, I mean, any ma- audio, um, car audio manufacturer, their entire in- interior speaker lineup, you know, from, from a three inch speaker to a tweeter to a four and a uh, four and a half to a five and a quarter to a six and a half. You know, all standard sizes, a 6x9, a 5x7, all standard sizes, they're all going to be 4 ohms across the board. You're going to be hard-pressed to find one, a, a set of speakers that are not 4 ohm in that kind of application. And those kind of speakers are going to be extremely high-end. They are meant for competition systems. They are meant to be, to be you know paired up and wired in either series or parallel to get a different load altogether uh, that the amplifier is going to see. And, and, so, and, and that's what we're talking about is stacking up speaker resistances to get a different load on the amplifier. But this is, this is not something that your average Jeeper is going to ever run into um, running just even four speakers and maybe a single subwoofer in their system.
4: So would you say that it's safe that if they, have a, if they definitely have a speaker that needs to be replaced and they were uh, buying a 4 ohm speaker, 99% of the time, even on the older Jeeps, that would be the right, um, uh, the right ohm rating
0: uh, or the right number of ohms
4: for them to replace the
0: speaker. Well, yes, but also you're going to be extremely hard-pressed to shop for speakers by resistance. You're going to be shopping for speakers by size, and you're going to actually have to go out of your way to try and find a speaker for your vehicle that is not 4-ohm. Okay. I mean, since the 60s, vehicle speakers have been 4-ohms, and that's not changing anytime soon.
4: All right, good, good. Um, the I guess the eight ohm stuff was a, a lot of the other stuff that I was doing. I never was very big into car audio. It's uh, uh at home or communication speakers were generally always eight ohm. You yeah, know that exactly. type of stuff.
0: So yeah. all right, well, uh, uh, good information. Thank you. Hey, do you have a topic for Tech Talk? Uh, anything you'd like for us to cover? Let us know by phone or by email. Just uh, drop us what you'd like for us to cover, and uh, who knows, next show might very well be talking about your topic you can listen to the jeep talk show live you never know what will happen or where the conversation will go You can only hear you uh-oh
4: so you're actually getting the best part of the show is what you're saying uh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, join us every thursday night and be part of our virtual campfire it's the zoom people Fall. or whoever the spokesperson was we're starting our own zoom People podcast <laughs> <laughs> follow us on facebook and know when and how you can join the conversation was it an accident or was it on purpose
2: from around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. How neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show Interview.
4: Idy ho, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and today we're going to be talking with Dave. He's at Brave Motorsports, which is a local, to me, uh, shop here in the Houston area. Uh, Dave and I actually met out at uh, Barnwell uh, back in October. Uh, I, I was uh, uh, oodling uh, his uh, his Jeep truck, his Gladiator, that had a bunch, a bunch of mods on it. And he uh, he wandered over because I'm, I'm sure he was tired of the nose prints I was putting on it and uh, right. said hey how's it going and i said good i said uh, my god how long have you had this thing yeah, i think i think at the time Dave, you, th- you said about 3 months i went my god you got a lot of, a lot of mods on this and what and what did <laughs> you tell me you told me well it helps that i have a shop
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's that's what we bought it for was to uh was to build it and learn it and um you know just just uh you know learn learn the platform how to make the drive better um yeah, that's that was the whole point of it. So, so what's your didn't, oh, what's didn't your need to waste time driving at stock?
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> so, what's your overall impression of the of the Jeep truck, the Gladiator? What do you think about it?
1: So, I uh, I'll say that the that, that you know, my impression is going to be a lot different than other people's. I am you know, you know, I do I have built Jeeps day in day out. Um I I also have a JK that's that's on 39 um that I've put a lot of time into. And um so so that being said, I like the Gladiator. Um nice truck. Um I actually already sold it.
4: Oh really? Uh, I did not know yeah. this.
1: Yeah, you know the 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 thing to me was um you know building a, a fifty plus thousand dollar vehicle that's a Jeep, mind you. Um you know putting putting money into it and going and wheeling it just um, you know, if it was my my only Jeep, you know, may have been a different story. But but having the JK, it it, it just didn't fit in my stable. If right. if that makes sense,
4: was it um, was it an off road performance there, issue? Because perhaps the uh, no. the departure angle or no. anything. Okay.
1: No, and and for what it's worth, I, I, I mean we 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 bought it to build it. We were going to go take it to Easter Jeep Safari. Uh, we wanted to drive it there. We put one tons in it um shortly after you saw it. Uh we put one tons in, on it, a rock collar long arm kit, you know, a bunch of other stuff. PSC, uh got we we got rid of the um electric power steering, went to a PSC big board, um wow. hydraulic assist, this, this, uh, steering on it. You know, we did it we did we did all the stuff that you're supposed to have on thirty nine. Uh we were going to drive it to Easter Jeep and obviously Easter Jeep Safari did not happen.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and my plan was always simply to put it up for sale afterwards uh, you know, take, take one big trip and it really, really learn it on the road for a long distance, you know, off road, all that kind of stuff. Um, it just so happened a customer hit me up and wanted to build a gladiator. And I was like, well, I've got one done for you. So, um, so anyway, he, he bought it. We've added even more stuff to it.
5: Um,
4: <laughs>
1: oh my God. But yeah, so, so, <laughs> so, you know, we really only wheeled it that one time that I saw you mm. and, and I was very, very impressed with how stable it was. Um, you know, not uh, obviously going uphill, downhill because of the wheelbase, but, but even side hilling that kind of stuff, you know, I was, I was very impressed how planted it is even compared to my JK. Um, we had one little issue with backing into like trying to do a tight turn, you know, ba- backed up into something. Sure. Um, it's, it's You know, I think you have to look at it at a certain way. Like it's not going to replace if you have a, you know, quote unquote, hardcore J or TJ or, or even a JK, you know, it's, it's not going to replace that. Um, It's going to drive a lot better on the highway. It's going to do a lot of other things a whole lot better than what, you know, the shorter Jeeps do. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife loved driving it around town, going to the grocery store, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I loved, having rear AC, I loved, uh, you know, they, I feel like Jeep fixed a lot of the things that, if you're daily driving a JK, I feel like they fixed a lot of the things that, um, that, that the JKs didn't have to, to uh, let's say, de-ruggedize <laughs> the Jeep, right? To, to make it more comfortable on, on a daily basis.
4: Right, more uh, Cadillac, <laughs> as I like to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's it's funny, you know, I, 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 I've had a conversation three times in the past couple of weeks, like you've got guys who they want to come in and their, and their wife wants a 69 Bronco or an 85 Blazer, you know, older oh, yeah, vehicles that, yeah. that, 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 you know, are cool. And vintage four wheel drives right now are a hot ticket. They're, they're great. Um, I'll say this, man, I work 12 to 14 hours every day in Texas. I'm hot. <laughs> I'm tired. I've been here all day long. Yep dude i want some ac i want it i want it to be nice on my on my drive home i don't want to be bouncing all over the road right um so like to me all those new things are are awesome and make them a better driver and they're going to sell more vehicles like that just like the jk right it 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 it, no matter what anybody says the jk changed the offered industry
4: completely oh absolutely it's a it's a, a, a big difference between the tj uh to me, the TJ right. is more Jeepy. Um, I was kind of yeah. happy to see that the, uh, the LJ, am I saying this right? What's the new one? The JL. Mm. That the, uh, the JL uh, had a lot of those Jeepy features to it. Less, it looked less uh, fancy and more utilitarian. So I was really happy that when the LJ right. came out, that it, it, it looked more, the, the JL, I'm saying it wrong, the, when the JL came out that it had kind of a, a jeep feel to it and i think the gladiator uh has that as well it it, it they've kept yep. that same type of uh, jeep feel to it and not fancied it up or, or car carized it i would say
1: yeah yes i I totally agree right it's it's uh you know there's very few vehicles i think that you can look at um over 50 years or, or 50 plus years and be like that's a jeep i think the only other car that's like that's like like a, a 911 right?
5: right oh yeah that's um, true
1: you can tell a 911 from, from the 60s till, till now, it's still the same car. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there.
4: So, the name of your business is Brave Motor, Motorsports. So, I'm going to see how brave you are. Uh, when we were talking out there at Barnwell, you mentioned uh, that you used to have a Jeep Cherokee. Uh, are, are you going to – can we out Me you too. here on the show? <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> can we out you here on the show i mean you know you're a jk owner sure. now but it, at one point you uh you had one of the uh 1984 to 2001 uh, cherokees if i remember correctly you had uh, one of the uh 97 plus uh, cherokees
1: um so no my first vehicle was my mom's hand me down 92 xj um ended up getting hit in that thing and we trenched all the parts to uh I wanna say like a eighty seven model maybe. Oh wow. Okay. Um we like we, we, we put the motor over everything and uh, yeah man I, I, I trashed those things and <laughs> funny enough, like we um my wife and I kinda geek, geek out and want one. I've been I've been looking for an a uh, X J Wagoneer here recently.
4: Yeah. Yeah, those are that that's the one with the quad headlights, isn't it?
1: It is correct. Yeah, yeah, um Yeah. Yeah, I mean and 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 they had a well, I don't. I don't honestly remember enough about the years and everything, but, but I, I think they had like the 2.8 V6 in them. Um, so I feel like you know something cool like a like a JL 3.6 with the 8-speed would be awesome in, in one of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> uh, of
4: course, a lot of people put the uh, LS motors to to in them know.
1: too. So yeah, um, yeah, for
4: sure so on the the i j uh, i'm just kind of curious was the x j something that got was that the vehicle that you got you going and modification of uh, of vehicles
1: sure absolutely <laughs> um i mean that was that was my first vehicle i uh in fact when i was five or six my dad came home with a um he'd bought from his boss an eighty six cherokee chief x j oh, yeah. yeah um And, uh, I remember my brother who was quite a bit older at the time, uh, well, still is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he, uh, he was, I'm pretty sure he was in high school at the time. So, uh, he took me for a ride one day in that thing and we hit like this construction zone and just operating in some hills (laughs) and like, and, and man, ever since then. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was the XJ, like I was in love with the XJ then and, uh, and my dad came home with one, and and I tell you, I've owned I've owned two XJs, I've had three Grands, I've had, um, I think my JK was actually my first real tub Jeep, mm-hmm. um, you know, like like Jeep Jeep. So so I had all the SUVs first. We had a we had a 2011 Grand Cherokee. We still have a 2001. Uh, we had a 97. So so yeah, we we've we've had a lot of the not Jeep Jeeps.
4: Now I know that you know you have the Jeep the JK that you drive around in you you modified the 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 JT the Gladiator uh but have sold it and I'm I'm just dying to know but I'm not going to be that uh, that nosy and ask you if you got all your money back on it <laughs> cuz you had a oh, lot of you had a lot of goodies in that thing <laughs>
1: Yeah I didn't you know I didn't I didn't lose any money I'll say that Good. um I didn't make any money so I can't uh I can't start my dream of just building vehicles how I want it and selling it to people yet. Right, um, right. <laughs> well, that would, that would, would easily uh, that
4: would easily be seventy, eighty thousand dollars. I would think at least by by the time you put yeah. the how much it cost with all the add-ons that you had on there. So that's a that's a yeah. that's a hefty bill. So, but anyway, yeah. the the brave motorsports. I, I, I know you're a Jeep person. I, you had the the Gladiator out there at uh, at, at Barnwell at the the event in uh, October. Uh is that all you work on at Brave Motorsports or what all uh what all do you work on?
1: Definitely not. So we started um so, so we've been open about seven and a half years. Um and I, I I got kind of I'll say known um back in the you know late two thousands, early you know, tens um for doing big custom Jeep builds. Here, here in Houston, uh, a lot of a lot of T- TJ stuff, some cool y- YJs here and there, um, and then we started getting into racing. We started we started getting into ultra four racing, and um, when I opened this shop, my goal was to have uh, actually an off-road race build and prep shop, um, and we were building an a ultra four. And for for who those who don't know, ultra four is the king and hammers cars. Right um so we raced I, I uh a shop I worked at before opened this place, I raced in twenty eleven. I believe I was the first person in Texas to finish the race. Um we actually finished our first first time racing it, I finished it. Um so so we based the shop around that and then um you know, I I obviously took work as we could. I, I had some Jeep builds that we were finishing whenever we opened the place and got some new Jeep builds as well. Um, so, so for the first few years, you know, this, we were, we were very based around big custom jobs. Um, I didn't, I didn't really even do any in and out work, uh, no, no, no bolt on stuff hardly at all. Um, almost to the point where it didn't make sense being in the city. Like we, like we could have gone to the country and, you know, having a good location wasn't important. Um, but, but after a number of, after a number of years, um, Wasting a lot of money on my personal race car, trying to, to build that <laughs> side of the business. Yeah. Uh, it just clicked one day and I was like, man, there's a lot of Jeeps in the Houston area. There's a lot of Jeeps that are going to other shops. I'm <laughs> right. not mentioning any names that should be coming to me.
5: Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: And, and I was like, why are we fixing these Jeeps instead of just putting them in the first place? So we put up my race car for sale at the time. And, um, didn't sell it actually until this past year, mm-hmm. but uh it ended up buying the j k um and it i mean it completely changed my business um, to to where you know it it was just me you know we it was it was easy for me to, to go out in the shop work forty hours build a customer forty hours, but we were never going to grow ever right um to to now we we have basically two sides of the shop. Um, I've got, I've got four, four guys, four, four full-time guys. I've got a, one's got an office manager. to do all the stuff I don't want to do. Um, I've got two guys who, who do most of my in and out, you know, bolt on and, um, semi custom work. And I've got one guy that does, that simply focuses on high end, um, you know, full, full builds, full, uh, like like he he does our race car stuff that, that, and and we are still doing the ultra four race car builds but mm-hmm. they're very very low key they're very very low numbers um, we have like right now he's working on a um, we're doing a uh, an LJ build with a tracer kit from Genrite so it's uh, you know stretch it's on Dana sixty and seventy with forty two inch cr- crawlers on it and an LS three in it that
5: sounds um, amazing
1: we have another we have a TJ right next to it that is uh, literally almost identical in, in parts, but we hand-built we hand it <laughs> over the past, it's been here, I think, five or six years. It's been here way too long. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. But be, I, no, but
4: that's for somebody you know doesn't need a Jeep, because they can just sit it there and leave, leave it to, with you all for so many,
1: yeah, so many years. Well, <laughs> well, they don't They don't love it, and and, and, and and we didn't love it, but it was a matter of, you know, it's so much hands-on custom work that, that you, it's just difficult to, difficult to build that stuff without me being on top of it a hundred percent of the time, which is like where where the, where the tracer build is nice because they've designed it to do exactly what we designed the other Jeep to do. Just it's in kit form. Mm -hmm. Um, So like that Jeep, that LJ got here in April and they're literally in the same exact point in the build stage right now. Um, the other Jeep's been here, like, five years.
4: So, Well, I'm sure if you um, could spend all your time just on the one Jeep, you could keep up with it. Otherwise, you've got to spend all that time writing down notes like a doctor to figure out uh, where you stopped and so you can start back. You know, And I, I can understand that would be a really hard time because you got to spend some time catching up to where you were when you left off.
1: Absolutely. You have to clean up, figure out what you were doing. You have to um, – I mean, the problem with the custom build, especially when we are hand-building it um, – and and kind of before we got into designing cars on, on computer, um, you have to design it in your head. So so you're sitting here and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm paying a guy forty hours to work on a vehicle when we we might be billing twenty hours. Yeah. Um and as no surprise, that doesn't keep us in business. <laughs>
5: right.
1: Um Right. So so it's a matter of, hey, we're gonna push this off to the side and get in and out work done that keeps us here.
5: Sure. Um
1: and and it took us a while to figure out how to actually like make that one build work. And um, yeah, so far it's 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 working out pretty well. Um, we've we've changed a lot of things this past like starting the first this year um, to make sure that we stay in business and to make sure that we can still build cool stuff, uh, still do in and out stuff, and you know my guys and I and myself make a living.
4: Sure. Let me hone this down um, a little bit for, for folks that are maybe in the Houston area yeah. or uh, that want to drive from, uh, you know, further, even further away to have work done on their Jeep. Um, what kind of things, is it just custom work that you guys do or uh, you mentioned yeah. bolt on earlier that you, you weren't doing? Do you do, do bolt on? I mean, uh, give, it, give me an idea that if, if you got a Jeep and you need it worked on, wh- what kind of things can you guys do?
1: Yeah, so so it, it, again it's not even just Jeeps. Um we're doing a set of upper control arms on a 4Runner outside right now. We've got a Raptor out there with uh we just did some Baja Designs fog lights on that thing. Um the the guy that uh our our, our customer that has a TJ that's been here for so long. He he bought a Gladiator. We did a 3 inch metal coat kit on that thing. His wife just bought a JL. We did a Budget boost on that thing in thirty five. Mm-hmm. Um So, so really across the board, we we are definitely a full service off road shop. Um, you know, specializing in things that are going to make you know not not just make your vehicle perform better off road, but simply on road. Right? All these all these newer vehicles are expensive. Like right? you know, a, a JL Rubicon is fifty grand. So, to us, it makes no sense to buy. Jeep and put a $500 lift kit on it and it drives like crap and you don't want to drive it. Right. Um, So we specialize in making these things drive better. And that's, you know, that's what we did with the gladiator. I, I thought it drove poorly from the factory, um, like to where we were checking alignment, making sure it was, it was right because I couldn't believe how much it, it, it darted and just didn't drive straight down the highway. So we figured out, you know what? What can we do to th- to this thing to make it enjoyable for mm-hmm. people to drive and right. drive straight down the highway? Um, so, so yeah, it's it's a matter of I mean, we we do whatever. Um, we we try to get the best choice for the customer. You know what? Whatever fits that customer, because obviously the same. What you need out of your Jeep is not what I need out of my Jeep.
4: Right, exactly. And, and, right. and so many so, people don't go off-road in Jeeps these days, so it is very important uh, that they perform right. uh, very well on-road. And uh, you may want that, right. that off-road ability, but you still want to have that uh, on-road comfort and uh, the daily driver, so to speak. So um, if, if you guys, I'll just mention this real quick, you guys can go to bravemotorsports.com and uh, see where uh, Dave and his team are located and uh, there's a phone number on there that you can call, and I'm, I'm sure uh, Dave or somebody there would be happy to uh, uh, talk to you and uh, help you uh, with uh, your uh, your Jeep or any other vehicle that you have uh, modification. Most likely, the person listening to the this, this show is going to be the, a Jeep owner, though, Dave. So, right. <laughs> so you mentioned right. you mentioned being in in, uh, in Houston and having uh, uh you know it being important for good placement uh, and that how that changed and the, the way your business changed. One of the things that you, uh, that you uh, I guess, was a, a bad placement for you was, uh, I don't know if you guys remember or not, there was a, a major explosion here in Houston back in January uh, of uh, 2020. So this was just a, a, few, a couple of months after uh, you and I met and spoke in Barnwell. Uh, and right. uh, I was looking uh, at the explosion because uh, my uh, cousin-in-law was one of the two individuals that were killed in that explosion. And I was I had I didn't know it at the time I was just investigating where the explosion was because it was such a major thing and the the area that it was in in Northwest Houston it really didn't make sense that there would be an explosion that big I was a little concerned about maybe a, a terrorist event and uh, I was looking there and I just happened to notice on Google Maps Brave Motorsports like two buildings <laughs> down from uh, what was it Watson uh, Grinding I think is uh, was Watson the name grinding, of the, yep. yeah was the name of the place and that building was. Gone, and I think there was another building in front that or in back that was part of that same deal, and it was gone and you guys were back in business like the next day or the Monday after the weekend or, or whatever <laughs> it was right I mean you were literally two buildings away from the explosion
1: well, yeah so we, so we're we're not quite two buildings but two businesses um just because like w- Watson has probably five to six buildings. And then there's, next to the, between myself and Watson is a, is a granite shop, which has a, probably another four buildings. Um, so we're probably, uh, let's see a, a quarter mile or less. From, it, it's probably less than that, but it's, it's not, it's also not next door.
4: Yeah. Um, well, these weren't houses yeah, that you those, were, those, were, these weren't little houses that were separating you from the blast. So you guys took no damage?
1: No.
5: That's
4: amazing. That,
1: that's not quite true. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So... <laughs> So we didn't get our shop knocked down for sure. Um as you say we, we like, like like there's a there's a Corvette shop across from, from Watson that was level. Oh
5: that's
4: right. Um, that's right, I remember that.
1: Uh, all of Watson's buildings are completely destroyed. You can actually they they just maybe three weeks ago or so finally opened the the street to drive through since you, you know, in like five five months ago.
4: Oh, I didn't Four realize that. Ago. I did not know the street was closed. That's interesting.
1: It's, it was, yeah, it's been closed since the end of January. So, um, just, excuse me, just in front of where Watson was. So, basically, you have to go in. Like, if, you, if I want to drive down to my buddy's shop, they at the other end of the street, I have to go all the way around. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely devastating the damage there. So, somehow, my shop took extremely little damage. Um, the damage we do have is is a nuisance. So so back in November we had a kind of crazy like one day flood here. I don't know if you remember that thing, um, which actually flooded my office. Um, <laughs> so we remodeled the office, right? And then two months later, explosion happened, and my <laughs> office is oh, in like a million pieces. God. <laughs> um. So so yeah, I mean we 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 took mostly cosmetic. We had. I think six or seven of our of our uh, of our shop lights fell. Um, a lot of cosmetic stuff, like the office I'm in right now. There's no ceiling in in here, uh, so it's just open to the shop. So during the day, it's it's the nuisance because there's noise. It's hard to do office work. That kind of stuff. Um, we're definitely not in the same boat as a lot of people, right? We, there's a lot of people that, that that don't don't have businesses anymore because of it. Um, a lot of people lost their houses. No, um, oh, a yeah. lot of houses. Yeah, um, we got crazy lucky. Um,
4: that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And and think of it this this way, guys. You don't have to worry about taking your vehicle over to, to Brave Motorsports to get worked on because chances of a second explosion occurring and damaging your vehicle are very nil. <laughs> <laughs> so it's already very happened <laughs> it's already happened to that so it's going to be safe there <laughs> very true so it was uh, uh it
1: was crazy it's still i mean it looks like an absolute war zone over there it's it's uh it's devastating
4: for yeah sure. I, th- I think they're out of business i think they filed bankruptcy or something because it was uh uh just just devastating if you guys don't i know it was national news so if you guys think back you'll probably I uh, remember something—a big explosion in Houston, about in January. That was—that's uh, the one we're talking about. You can go uh, look right. it up. Uh, the Watson uh, Grinding uh, explosion, January twenty-fifth, I believe it was. So, Dave, tell yep. the kids out there—you know how the kids love that social media and the pictures on Instagram and all kinds of stuff like that. Sure. Tell, tell the kids where they can find you on social media.
1: Yeah, so we're on Instagram at Brave Motorsports, and um, same thing on Facebook, Brave Motorsports.
4: And if they, what's the best way to reach out to you guys about having some, uh, some work done on their, uh, any, any vehicle, of course, but uh, they're pr- probably more likely for this crowd, their Jeeps.
1: Sure. So r- really any of those platforms are fine. Um, we typically will direct you to our email just so that, uh, you know, we have it all in one place oh, and that's info at dot But, but do feel free to, you know, message us on Instagram or Facebook, whatever's, Whatever's easiest, or call us seven one three eight nine six eight five five nine. Yep, and you that's can, also easy as well. And you can find that
4: uh, that information. I think all that information you can actually find on bravemotorsports.com, their website. So uh, if right. somebody wants to uh, figure out uh, to get a ballpark idea what, what it's going to take to get something done, can you can you give them a ballpark idea on the cost or how do you how do you handle that? You know, a lot of people like to figure out uh, if they're going to if they can afford your great work or not.
1: <laughs> For sure. So, um, yeah, so typically we just we just get an email address, um, you know, kind of talk about what they want to do and talk about their options. Um, you know, most of our customers, <laughs> we the, the G-fold is hard, right? There's a lot of different ideas, a lot of different people that 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 know everything. And um, a lot of our customers, you know, will will get some ideas and get on forums, get Get on the internet and then come in and say, "This is what I, what I want to do." You tell me you, where should we go with this. Um, so we do really help advise you know, the best path for what your goal is, um, and and then we will send out a quote to you. Uh, we send out an estimate that that will basically um, hit as as accurately as possible. Um, by this point, most of the stuff on Jeeps is is Fairly straightforward, mm-hmm. um, you know. Not not always. It's there's there's times where I'm like, you know, that's that's a kind of by the hour job. <laughs> it takes what it takes. But right, right, Most of the time, it's pretty straightforward. Um, so if I brought, get a pretty accurate.
4: So if I brought you a a quad uh, steering stabilizer set up to go on my uh, my jeep, uh, would that be something that you would just put on there, or say, hey, let's talk let's talk about this for a second. <laughs>
1: I'd probably figure out the nicest way to tell you. Let's talk about this.
4: <laughs> Excellent. I like that. That's a great answer because I think that's what a lot of people want. They, 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 you know, they've done some research. They've gone to forums and they may or may have not have gotten great information there. So uh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So you can you can trust uh, Dave and his team over there at Brave Motorsports to uh, clue you in on. Uh, on what you're gonna, what you should do. And you actually might want to, before you start buying stuff to go on the Jeep, you might wanna uh, actually run it by Dave and uh, his group and see if that's the best, uh, best option for you. So, Dave, I wanna thank you Absolutely. a lot for, for making time to be here with us. And it was great meeting you and getting to see the, 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 the Gladiator that is now gone. Poor Gladiator. And, and let me just ask you this quick question What color was the Gladiator? Red. And, and why was it red?
1: Um. Because my JK and our Ram are also red. And that's just, I don't know. That's the right answer, Dave.
4: That's the right answer. My <laughs>
1: first, my, my, first uh, my XJ was red. There you go. So that's my first the. first XJ was red. So yeah.
4: Jeeps should be bright colors. <laughs> Jeeps are meant to be seen, damn it.
1: <laughs> the, the new toy is not red. Oh well, I'll just say
4: that much. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> you can't have everything, Dave. Thank you so much yeah. for being with us, and uh, we'll have to have you on again. And uh, you know, please uh, holler at us anytime you got something special going on. Uh, I'm gonna have to run by there. Do you do you take just walk-ins, uh, looky loos? Just come over there and uh, poke around, and uh, maybe uh, turn a ranch or something.
1: <laughs> anytime, man. <laughs> All right,
0: great. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, Johnny.
0: Oh, a man who has actually raced in King of the Hammers. Well, thanks, Dave. Can't thank you enough for coming on the show to talk about Brave Motorsports and, and all the cool stuff that you're doing, and hope to have you back on the show again soon. Hey, did you have an idea for a guest? Maybe you work in the off-road industry yourself or know somebody who does. Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show to tell your own Jeep story. Everybody's got one. We definitely want to hear yours. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Newbie, where's the noob? Noob, noob,
6: noob. Hey, newbie! Newbie! Noob. Nugget. It's time for newbie nuggets. Well, after a great deal of wheeling, it's always a good idea to take a few minutes to look around and under your jeep. You just put it through some rough roads, maybe some four-wheel drive, maybe even some extreme rock crawling. Double-check things to make sure your jeep is in good working order before you hit the road back home. Here are some basic things to look for. Once you're off the trail and while airing up, take a look at your tires. Are there chunks missing from the tread or sidewalls? Is there a tree branch stuck in one of your tires that's just barely leaking and you may not want to drive it home? It's good to do a once-over visibly to make sure there are no issues. Once you are aired up, do a quick check of some other basic things to make sure you didn't bang it too hard while on the trail and something isn't broken or bent. So check the shocks. You want to make sure, did they get bent while you were dancing through that rock garden? Are they leaking fluid? Do the bolts at both the top and bottom seem to be tight? Now you're going to also want to check for any oil or fluid leaks. This is somewhat important. You need oil to keep things like engines and transmissions functioning. You may have kicked up something on the road. Maybe while crawling over a rock, you may have peeled your diff cover off. Maybe a well-placed rock poked a hole in your gas tank and now you have a slow leak. You also want to check that your mirrors are back to normal. Sounds kind of a funny or simple thing, but you may have adjusted them to back out of that obstacle you decided not to take, or maybe you've pulled them in to get through that tight squeeze. Now, once you're home, it's a really good idea to do a more thorough inspection. Depending on what type of terrain you put your Jeep through determines how much inspecting may be necessary. Now, Bill uses a power washer and always does a complete inspection of our Jeep top to bottom. Mostly the bottom. Although it's nice to have a clean, shiny Jeep to drive around town or back and forth to work, it's a really good idea to detail the bottom side as well. Bill has found things that way and avoided several larger issues, or worse, trail breakdowns. He calls himself a little OCD, but as he cleans the suspension, the hose, brake lines, springs, shocks, drive shafts, he says it's a great way to find fatigue, stress cracks, loose or missing bolts. And just for those of you that own a 2007 or to 2011 JKU that decided to rock crawl, he once found a cracked EVAP canister, and now the gas cap alert appears in the display. Yes, he has one ordered. Should be here today. Mm-hmm. So make sure you create a consistent habit in your inspections, and who knows what you may find. Some additional things to look for would be to check the undercarriage, especially if you don't have body armor. Check for upper and lower control arm rubber bushings. They tend to get destroyed when you flex the suspension a lot. You also want to check that oil pan and gas tank. Check for loose connections with wires, or maybe they are wearing on the frame or springs. A fistful of zip ties goes a long way toward preventing failures on the road or trail. Check for loose connections with bolts. You don't need to do a retorque after every run, but just do a visual inspection. Sometimes it's just enough to catch something that could become a real problem. Now, you've all heard the old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound to cure. This really hits home when you're the one not breaking down on the trail and you get to help your buddy with his breakdown. Now, just don't start in with, you know, if you just do a little preventative maintenance, you wouldn't have this problem. You may find yourself looking for a new trail buddy. <laughs> so guys, what type of after trail inspections do you regularly do and sort of make it your, you know, you have to do afterwards?
4: I don't know about you, Josh. I just check and uh, after it's been sitting there in the in the garage for uh, uh, a couple hours to see what if there's any new leaks. And if not, I'm good.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm always looking for uh, you know all of that sort of stuff too. The the, the leaks is is uh, is there a wet spot somewhere? Um, uh, really, the shiny metal uh, is the telltale giveaway yeah. for me. If if there's something that's yep. been rubbing where it shouldn't. Uh, or something that uh, has suddenly self-clearanced, uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's a good telltale sign that uh, you've got something you need to take care of. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've i got a lot of clay up here. So there's been times where, you know, I'll wheel two or three times in a year and not wash my rig and not do an inspection. And that is very bad uh, because, you know, the, the kind of clay that's up here just coats your jeep in this like brown paint oh you don't see anything yeah you can't see anything yes it's just it and it will cover all sorts of stuff and even some of that shiny metal or you know those uh those wet spots or something can be can be hidden and you you really don't know until everything is dried out and that can take a couple of days uh especially if it's you know the middle of winter uh there's a lot of ambient moisture and and the garage is cold it might take several days before things dry out enough for you to start identifying some things so, I mean, yes, it is one of those things where you do have to do your due diligence. Uh, but at the same time, you could be putting, you know, a lot of stuff in the way of that due diligence just because of the kind of area that you wheel in. And that's not to say that you're, you're making a bad decision as far as where you go wheeling. It just means no. that there's an extra step in the way now and you, you're going to have to swing by the car wash um, or, you know, get a different attachment for your hose so that when you get home, you can clean things up a little bit. And, uh, and really start doing an inspection and stuff. So um, really, you know, fluids would be the, the, the key place to start um, because the, the you know, basic visual inspection and seeing something that's a red flag, well, that's going to be easy to take care of. Um, but, you know, putting your finger inside that transfer case and checking out what the fluid is like, um, checking out the fluid in your diffs to make sure that they're not completely aerated, uh, something like that. I mean, just little things. I mean, yeah, it's going to take climbing underneath the Jeep and turning a, uh, turn a wrench a little bit, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's a much better idea to, you know, get a little dirty, get a little hot, get a little burnt, whatever, to check that differential fluid to make sure that you don't have some sort of an issue or you're half low or something like that. And you got to drive, you know, three and a half hours to your next wheeling trip and all of a sudden halfway through your your differential grenades because you didn't check the fluid after your mm-hmm. last trip. So, I mean, just little stuff like that. It can get in the way and it seems, it seems you know, menial and and tiring and troublesome and stuff like that. But I mean, like Wendy said, you know, ounce of prevention is is worth uh, um, two in the bush, or however the saying goes. I don't know. <laughs> this uh, this reminds me a lot of the complaining
4: my wife does whenever I cook, because she she wants me to clean up the kitchen when I'm done. And I mean, you know, the cooking part is the fun part, not the cleanup. Oh my so
5: gosh.
6: <laughs> so this
4: is you got to clean up kinda, afterwards. This is kind of depressing. <laughs> Well, you, you know, go. I think,
6: uh, Josh, you bring up some really good points too, but, you know, depending on your area, maybe you're you're wheeling in more mud, you know, that could also be st- sticking in there. Mm-hmm. But I think the real key component is that when you're new and you're starting to do this, if you create some of these habits, I'm going to call them, and go. it just becomes a natural thing that we get done with a run, that's the first thing he's doing is checking stuff. And I think it just becomes sort of natural at that point. So rather than waiting, you know, a year after you've started jeeping and go, oh, why am I breaking down and having somebody else say, well, aren't you checking stuff? I think this is just a good reminder that if you are creating some of these good habits to start and, you know, maybe you don't know how to do half of the stuff that I listed and you just want to check things out, but it's that visual because then you do know something's missing or how come that's there? Where where did this piece come from? So we've all had that happen, you know, something comes off. So and I actually, appreciate
4: that. And actually, in all seriousness, it is a good idea to make yourself very familiar with all the stuff that you don't normally see on your Jeep, all the stuff underneath, because you need to be able to identify what is out of place and what is in place. Sometimes it's it's very obvious, but other times it's like, man, I wish I had looked at that. I wish I had taken a picture of that so I'd have something to compare it to now so I would know that that might be a problem. So Yeah. You really need to understand how your Jeep is put together. It'll really help you out a lot.
6: Well, well and sometimes wor- too...
0: Sorry, Josh, go ahead. I was going to say, don't worry if you don't know how your Jeep goes together or how that differential works or, or how do you get into your, into your transfer case, you know, to check the fluid or something like that. You know, there are, are tons of resources available for this sort of thing. And, and honestly, one of the things that I, I always preach about is, is if you're new, join a club, get involved mm-hmm. with, a, with a local Jeep club, because there's going to be people there that know this stuff inside and out, like the back of their hand. And they can walk you through, like, you know, here's your basic 10-point inspection of everything that you want to look at, you know, th- as soon as you get home. And look at this, poke at that, undo this, you know, check this mm-hmm. out. And 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 really, they can walk you through the process of pointing out what you need to look for and where and how and that and that sort of stuff. YouTube videos are great for that sort of thing as well. Um, you know, and there's some great resources on on some of the manufacturer's websites. Um, and other, um, uh, uh you know, four wheel drive, uh, uh, uh aftermarket websites, they've got, you know, different, uh, um, you know, areas where you can, you know, knowledge centers and stuff like that, where you can look this sort of stuff up and get checklists and, and things like that. But I, I really recommend, uh, uh, joining in with a club and getting in with some other Jeepers, um, who can really help walk you through this and teach you the kind of stuff that you otherwise aren't going to be able to learn or learn as easily through a website or a YouTube video.
6: Yeah. And something else too, when you start to maybe understand what's going on underneath or what it looks like when you're on a trail, you know, we were out the other day and there was a different sound or a different noise. And I said, what is that? He's like, I don't know. He gets out. Well, he already knows what it should look like. And so then you can decide, yes, it's something that is a problem or this is rubbing or this is touching or this is, you know, uh, getting hung up. So I think that's the other reason is to do this inspection is that you start to understand and sort of become one with your Jeep, if you will, so that when you hear something weird or you're looking for something, you're going to find it a little bit easier. So I do like your idea about joining the club or hanging with somebody else. I've always said, when you're new, don't go out alone. You know, you can learn so much from somebody with experience. And if you're with a group and nobody does any inspections, maybe you need to find a new group, you know, (laughs) if that's something you want to do. Seriously. (laughs) Because if they're not checking stuff and they're not really being aware, then what's happening there? You know, and you don't want to spend all the time on a trail with a breakdown that you could have avoided by finding, you know, a simple nut that needed to be screwed down. So I think it's good. So, Who
0: are you calling a simple nut?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Gee, let me think. Okay, no. (laughs) All right. Well, reach out and let us know your newbie story, or if you have a topic or suggestion that you want us to cover. And if you want more info, check out my YouTube channel channel on Jeep Four One One with more tips, tricks, and techniques.
5: Yeah,
4: I saw Bill got a a special mention from Don whenever they uh, about putting on the uh, I think it was the Rugged Ridge uh, sliders on his yeah. uh, his his new JL. So. Uh, I'm uh, I'm glad because I think Bill alluded to he he was turning wrenches recently, and it wasn't until after I uh, saw one of the 411, 411 videos that I realized that was uh, him doing all that stuff on uh, Don's new Jeep in the driveway, yeah, putting on the lift kit kind, and everything.
6: <laughs> it's kind of fun if you want to follow along with that. It's on the YouTube. Uh, they're actually recording and doing stuff as they go, and... There'll be some testing, you know, with equipment, and then as we upgrade it and do stuff, it's really kind of a neat thing to watch this Jeep build happen. So. And Pretty I cool. like
4: I like it, too, that, that, you know, Don's not going straight to the uh, the Rock Jock axles and all this, uh, you know, this the highfalutin stuff. He's putting stuff on there like uh, the everyday Jeeper would do. And mm-hmm. uh, I think he's alluded to he's actually going you know, to change these things up and you can see the the differences between the yeah, the more the common and the and the mm-hmm. more expensive stuff so you can oh, see Oh so what the, you're saying is he's got duck, he's got duct tape and bailing wire on there right now.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Just pretty much. Well, you know, this is also for that book he's writing too. So it's going to show the progression of different things and you're going to see tests and how something performed and didn't or didn't perform however it works out so there's a lot of that going on too so
4: very interesting to follow along Pretty both, cool. yep. both on his uh, uh, Facebook page and the pictures and also to the videos the videos really mm-hmm. help it's good from the mind of Nikki G hey this is
3: Nikki G and now that summer's here I'd like to remind everybody when you're out in the forest especially during uh, high winds and storms Pay special attention to the trees. Yeah, some of them look (laughs) kind (laughs) of (laughs) shady. Yeah, I know that one wasn't that good, but what can you say? It wasn't. (laughs) You get what you pay for. I think I can do better than that. Yesterday at 8 o'clock, it was very time-consuming, especially when I went back for seconds. (laughs) (laughs) No, I guess I really can't do better than that. (laughs) No. Alright, boys and girls, I'll chat to you later. You have a good one. Bye.
4: When Nikki uh, G can identify the jokes aren't that good. Yes. That's when you know there's an issue.
6: They're not that great. <laughs> <laughs> we love Nikki
4: G. Oh, the groaners. Uh so I don't know. You know, it's been a long time, Nikki G, since we heard the story about the whale song. You need to. Uh, God, no. We need to revisit whale song. <laughs> no.
6: Uh oh.
4: Wendy doesn't even know what whale song is. <laughs> I don't
6: know what that is. <laughs> uh,
4: do it for Wendy.
6: <laughs> Ooh boy. Josh is over there gagging. What's going on?
0: <laughs> I'm now, now really contemplating quitting the show again. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. Oh sure, just drive it off the trailer. That's that's you're kind of cheating, there.
4: <laughs> yeah, you got to park the trailer behind the trees, uh, and then, then drive up. You know, like you're. No, you
0: don't want to. I did something. I did something behind those trees. You definitely don't want to take. Part I did in, hit
4: so. a slick spot, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That ain't playing. Uh, that's what we're talking, what we're talking <laughs> about here, talking about trucks and trailers and really whether or not um, you're willing to make the kind of sacrifices that you would have to make to, uh, to tow your rig. I mean, uh, having a full-size truck and trailer with with all the rigging to, to tow your Jeep really is not a cheap setup by any means to, to either buy, own, or even maintain. So for most of us Jeepers, affording a tow rig and, and everything that comes with that means sacrificing buying new jeep parts for the jeep or you know modifying your jeep or you know putting off those next set of tires so the question that that i'm raising this week is would you be willing to sacrifice modifying your jeep or repairing your jeep even to have a tow rig and a trailer where you could take that jeep anywhere you wanted to and so this is one of those things where i've been fighting for 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 many many years uh because uh my, my jeep is is a dedicated trail rig now uh, just one of those weekend warriors. It's no longer a, uh, a daily driver, so I don't have to drive it. It's not my uh, main means of transportation. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's got a lot of miles, and it's got a lot of modifications. And it's not something that I would really want to drive to Moab, uh, regardless of me wanting to go you know, down there so bad, or, or even to the Rubicon, uh, for that matter. Um, and so you know, I'm I, I, you know, one of these things where I'm, I'm looking at having to sacrifice going to um, these world-class wheeling areas... Uh, because I don't have a tow rig and I can't tow my my own rig there, uh, my, my own Jeep there. Um, I drive it at my my own Jeep there. So, um, it's one of those things to where, okay, what do I have to do to get a tow rig and a trailer? And and you know, working out that math and everything like that. And you know, it's either I'm gonna start selling bodily fluids and blood or. uh you know, it's uh, time to hold up a bank, which we're not going to do that. So the only other option really is to um, start sacrificing the mods that you're going to be doing to your Jeep. Would you be willing to do that? Um, we're going to be going down the list and talking with some of our, uh, some of our fans, some of our listeners. And, uh, and if you would like to join in on these kind of chats, we we'd do this each and every week. We pull a topic out of thin air. And uh, and propose it out to the to the masses and see what you guys have to say about it. And we definitely want to hear what you have to say about our next topic. So be sure that you are following us on Facebook and you can find out the information on how to join in each and every week. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, turn the microphone to Chris and talk with Chris about Chris. What would you be willing to sacrifice um, uh, to uh, to have a tow rig and a trailer for your Jeep? No,
3: I wouldn't. Uh, I would say nothing. I. I um... Yeah, my Jeep is my daily driver. Um, do all the mods I can when I can, and I, I just I, I just wouldn't. I enjoy driving it as well. I think driving to the trail is part of it. Um, I'm like you, many thousands of miles away from Moab or, or the Rubicon Trail, and uh, maybe someday I'll get there. But uh, no, I wouldn't wouldn't make any sacrifice uh, to have a trail rig or a tow rig.
4: So you wouldn't no, be concerned about taking it to like Moab and then maybe perhaps damaging it uh, so much that you would basically be stuck there until the repairs were done. I mean, that's the thing I think about whatever I'm dealing with, uh, thinking about a tow rig and a trailer. It's really, in my mind, it's really nice to be able to load that thing up. Go out there, have fun. And if you do have some damage that really isn't something that you want to do there, uh, you can load it up on the, the trailer and take it back home.
3: Well, uh, that'll never happen to me, of course, right? But in, uh, <laughs> I, absolutely, yeah. uh, never. You know, ne- yeah, never. Uh, never planned for that. Um, certainly, it's always a consideration. The other thing is, I, I know myself. If I had a tow rig, I would probably be having to drag it on the trailer every time because I would go more skinny pedal. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I like I like the sticker you see every once in a while on the dash of the Jeep, it says remember stupid, you've got to drive this thing home. And That's that right there's a measure, there's a measure <laughs> of that ones. each time I go out. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so all right, Chris, would your opinion change then if you had a dedicated daily driver? If you had a little, you know, little Honda car, you know, something like that. If your Jeep was not your daily driver, would your opinion change?
3: It may, but I, I really enjoy driving my Jeep. I just I enjoy the Jeep, I enjoy the Wrangler, I enjoy the top off. I'm an avid cigar smoker and having to mm-hmm. top off the Jeep, driving into work, having a cigar and a coffee is almost as good as being out on a trail for me. And I can do that uh, just about every day. It's not raining.
0: I, I, can, agree with, I can agree with you that you know, I miss, that's, that's one of the things I miss the most about my Jeep being sort of retired as, as, a, uh, as, a, as a toy is driving it every day. I, I very much enjoy driving a Jeep. And honestly, I think that that's a big part of, of the draw to being a Jeep owner and, and, and is, is how they drive. And there's no other vehicle on the planet that drives like a Jeep. And, and to experience that on a daily basis is, is very fun. And, and I know I'm kind of oversimplifying it because there's a lot more than just it being fun to drive the Jeep. Um, but, but that, that is what it comes down to. And, and, and I do miss that having that, that, that fun vehicle to drive. Um, each and every day. Now, although I can come home from work and 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 open up the garage and pull the Jeep out any time I want, um, it's it's still a little different at the same time.
4: I really have a lot of respect for folks that can have a a non Jeep, a non lifted vehicle to go back and forth to work in. I I, I love driving my Jeep, and uh, I know you had to do that for financial reasons, Josh, because it was nah. costing you so much money to. Uh, Drive the uh, the beast back and forth uh, the, the forty miles both ways or one way eighty miles both yeah, one ways. way yeah, yeah uh, every day so but uh, it's still it would be tough for me to uh, be down low and you know not have my superpowers with me yeah it, right it, <laughs> I'd, I'd feel like I was Superman back on uh, Krypton that is I have no no powers than everybody else has.
0: So uh, moving on to uh, one of our co-hosts, Wendy, uh, and uh, we've talked about your Jeep a little bit. I know that you guys are, are very active in, with wheeling and, and uh, in the off-road world and whatnot, but I don't know if, whether or not you guys tow your Jeep or not. So uh, can you talk a little bit about, about your situation regarding uh, a tow rig and, and whether or not, uh, you know, sacrificing modifications to your Jeep would be something that you would entertain to, you know, procure something like a tow rig?
6: Um, We do not tow. However, we're thinking about trying to do a Moab trip, but there's a problem. If we take the Chevy and tow the fifth wheel so we have a place to stay, how do we get the Jeep there? So the thought was to put it on the flatbed trailer and actually just tow it. I would not change modifications for that purpose. I don't think you'd need to. Um, But that means we're driving two vehicles. You know, both trucks are pulling something to be able to do it. So it's it's a tough one because I think either that or I drive the Jeep. You know, he drives the rig with the camper and stuff, and I've got to drive the Jeep. But if something does happen that far out, I think it might be nice to have a trailer to put it on. So I'm kind of in the middle of, first off, I would not modify or take anything off the Jeep to try to tow it. I would probably put it on some kind of a trailer and then figure out how to drive two vehicles. So,
0: Yeah, that's yeah, dedication. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, for, you know, for me, for instance, um, you know, it's one of those things to where it's, man, I can't even imagine having two trucks. Oh, yeah, awesome. Uh, but <laughs> it's like, well, which one do I want to take? Yeah, and a Jeep, and a trailer, and a fifth wheel. Uh, but no, I mean, that's 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 living the high life right there. For uh, for for most of me and my Jeep buddies, uh, as far as that goes. But um, but no, you're right. I mean, it's one of those things to where you know, what am I willing to give up? You know, it's it's uh, it's you know, tough. you're you're used to a certain. A certain sort of a lifestyle When you're going out And, and to these to these big events Or you know A weekend long uh type of thing And you don't have to Camp on the ground Or sleep in mm-hmm. your vehicle And it's It's so exactly. much nicer You know Having that extra room And and, and that sort of stuff and That's actually one of my uh, One of my dream setups Is, is to have a You know full size truck Have a camper in the bed And have a trailer out back That I can tow I can yep. tow my uh, Tow my jeep with That way I've got some place Where I can You know Shower off a little bit If I get dusty mm-hmm. I can have a uh, you know something that's not ground to sleep on, uh, and I can stay warm. I can stay cool. I can uh, you know have a little bit of a of luxury along with me. Um, I you know I've been to tent camping for you know decades, and uh, it's getting to the point of where I've I've had my fill, and it's time yeah, to upgrade a little bit. that's so. us.
6: We're done. <laughs> and that, <laughs> no that's where a lot camping.
0: of this is where a lot of this discussion is coming from too. Is is you know at a certain point uh, you can only do so much, and and you've got to mm-hmm. you've got to kind of move on. Ah, uh, so moving on. Let's talk with Greg about uh, about Greg. What would you be willing to sacrifice uh, future modifications on your Jeep to to have a tow rig today?
2: You know, that's a good question. We talked a little bit about this before you guys came on board and or brought us on board rather. And uh, you know, I, I think uh, there's advantages to having a tow rig, to where you could have uh, a little bit more fun with your Jeep, or drive the Jeep a little harder, knowing you have the peace of mind of getting home. At the end of the day, because uh, you have another vehicle to get home in case you do break down, um, but there is the expense to it. So if I had to make a decision today, if I was going to do that, I would uh, continue modifying my Jeep now and get it to the point where I wanted it to go. and uh, it may, Maybe eventually some point in the future, I would consider getting a tow rig.
0: That's actually a really a really smart way to go about it too, a very very um, logical and, and practical way to go about it because you know even if you have a really nice tow rig and a trailer and all the rigging that you need and everything uh, for that if you're still rolling a, a stock you know a stock jeep well there's only so much that you're going to be able to do and, and even though a stock jeep is still extremely capable uh, in in that form um, you're right there's a certain amount of, of, of pleasure and satisfaction and, and of course um, you know what that gives you when you have a modified rig. You can get to those uh, those more difficult places. You can get to some different vistas. You can experience harder, more difficult, more technical trails that that really help you uh, grow as a as an off-roader and 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 really up your 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 wheeling game as far as you know seat time and experience and and how technical of a wheeler that you can become and 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 of course having access to the experience of of uh, different recovery situations as as well. Um, I mean, but, you know, you don't have to be all skinny pedal in the rocks to, to have a bad day and, and, and need to trailer your Jeep home. I mean, you could have something as simple as a throttle position sensor go out on you and suddenly you're dead in the water. Uh, and if the park stores are closed or they're a two and a half hour drive away, um, you know, it's one of those things to where, geez, you know, if I could just throw the Jeep on the trailer, I'd say, screw it. I'm just going to go back home, uh, you know, and call, call it a weekend type of thing. Uh, but without those kinds of means, uh, you might be stuck in the water a little bit more than you'd be willing to, to, to put up with. So what about Travis? Travis, what do you, what do you, uh, are, I know that you have or have had several Jeeps over the years and, and whatnot. Uh, I know that you're an active Jeeper uh, currently. Um, do you tow your Jeep, um, or is this something that you'd be willing to, to sacrifice future modifications uh, in order to have a tow rig?
2: I wouldn't sacrifice any modifications to the Jeep. Um, first and foremost, I mean, it's it's my baby and I build it up, build it up, and put 100% into that. Now, that being said, um, it's not a daily driver. Um, I just purchased a truck and my first thought was, I want, I want to get a trailer to tow my Jeep further distances. Um, like you, you know, it's it's my miles to work were far. I, I bought a car, now my miles aren't as, as far, and I'm like, I'm gonna get a truck. Um, Day one with a truck, I helped tow my dad's old car up to his house. And I go up to the mountains. I'm in in central North Carolina. I've got trails to the east. I've got trails in Tennessee. Um, I've got them further north. And I'll go to Uari, and I'll drive the Jeep there. I'll get on the trails. I've been towed out of Uari, you know, or towed out to the parking lot, excuse me. Um, But my first thought was my truck. I want a trailer. Um, you know the the jeep's paid for. I don't have any expenses there. Um, the truck I'm not gonna modify or do anything to it. I want it to be a truck. It's gonna be a daily driver. Um, but I want to get a trailer so, you know, I go to Tennessee for the Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion and I can actually mm-hmm. go wheel in Tennessee and know I can get home if I have an issue. Um, because nine times out of ten my jeep has an issue.
5: <laughs> Love the good old um, you
2: know, it's just, it's, but I'm not going to sacrifice anything in that. I mean, the, the and I am currently shopping and looking for a trailer. Um, when I find one that I can afford, I'm going to buy it. Um, so, yeah, I, just, I, I like the idea of I can tow it further distances. I can be comfortable getting home. You know, it's a YJ. When I'm driving it up in the mountains, it's going slow. You know, I'm, I'm not yeah. keeping up. I'm in the truck lane going as slow as they are um heading you know south into the beach and areas i'm good uh but i just i still get nervous um because i do have issues i'm going to be replacing my transmission here soon i have a feeling Um, oh that's a big yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but i'm definitely i'm definitely shopping for a trailer and, and plan on making that happen because it is not a daily driver
0: and I think that's where a lot of this comes into is 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 if your Jeep isn't your primary means of transportation, you you sort of start looking at some of these other options um, that that you know you can do with it, and 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 towing it up to the wheeling destination is is one of those things uh, that sort of comes with that territory. Uh, and obviously, you know, there's there's n- really nothing quite like driving the Jeep up, wheeling it, and then driving it back home. Um, there's sort of a sense of accomplishment that that you know I did this. This is my rig. It was capable of doing this and pulling this off and and there i mean there's a certain amount of bragging rights that comes with that too uh in the sense that you know you don't have to tow it uh you've got a rig that is capable enough to do this uh and and you know but but having the trailer having the truck i mean we all know that the jeeps only have so much cargo room you can only take so much with you and if you're on a trip that's going to be you know three or four days you know out on the trail and stuff like that it's nice to have a base camp it's nice to have someplace you can go back. And have some creature comforts have you know a little bit more food a little bit more comfort you know that sort of thing and uh and be able to take more supplies with you even more tools uh some some different parts and stuff like that i mean you know taking a couple drive lines and and uh you know a couple knuckles and stuff with you i mean that that right there almost takes up about half your storage room in the back of the the back of the jeep and especially when you get the tools involved so you know having a a a support rig to kind of go with you um, and, and that's really what a tow rig is, is, is not just your vehicle to get the Jeep from point A to point B, uh, but it's also a support rig um, that can be used for both recovery as well as, you know, for extra tools and parts and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's just so many positives to having a truck and trailer, um, but I can see there's 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 just there's so much reason... Um, an expense to it as well um, that kind of you know forces people out of the 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 uh, idea of getting a truck and trailer. So I can't thank uh, Chris, Greg, and Travis enough. Um, Tony, I know we've talked to you a little bit about about towing a trailer and and uh, and getting your rig to and from a, um, uh, to and from different wheeling spots. Um, I know it's something that we both talked about. Uh, uh, we, we wish we could have and stuff. I know just about every Jeeper um, wishes at some point uh, that they could have a Jeep. That's just a dedicated trail rig and have a vehicle that could tow, uh, tow that toy to and from the trail with, uh, it's just, it's one of those things where, boy, it's, it's like the pinnacle of Jeep ownership. I don't know. What about you guys?
4: I, uh, I, I, I think it would be really nice. I, I love my Jeep and I like driving it to, to where I'm going and driving it back, but at it being 20 plus years old and, uh, I never, I'm never a hundred percent sure if it's going to start running hot on the highway especially during the the peak summertime, that it would really be nice not only to uh, have uh, the ability to tow the vehicle, but also to to be able to drive 70, 75 miles an hour if if that's safe towing uh, towing, uh, speeds uh, and not have to uh, worry about uh, watching that temperature gauge or any of the rest of that stuff. Now, there's one thing that you didn't mention. Not everybody has the room to store a trailer. Uh, and in fact, some uh, homeowners associations won't let you keep the, the trailer in the driveway. You have to have a place to, to store that trailer or you have to have the, the property size, uh, enough property to actually yeah. have a trailer. So in my case, I, I do not have room uh, for a trailer. So I'm looking at getting a, a tow vehicle and flat towing uh, my Jeep uh, where I want to go. Uh, my Jeep does very good off road. It doesn't run hot at all. Uh, and it would be nice to have a uh, a full-size truck to uh, pull my Jeep to where I wanted to go, and and I'd be relatively certain that I was going to get there, and I would be relatively certain that I'd get back, and I guess worst case is if something uh, got damaged bad enough where I couldn't flat-tow it, uh, I could uh, rent one of those dollies from uh, U-Haul, and then put the, uh, you know, if it was the front end, uh, then that would be uh, one way of fixing it. Of course, uh, having some... uh, uh axle stubs uh would be another thing where you could just if you broke an axle you just put the axle stub in there and now it's rolling so drag it home and uh fix it there uh so uh there's there's all kinds of ways that can be done Uh but i i, I think a tow rig is going to have to be in my future since i don't have anything that's uh relatively close to me like wendy wendy's right there the five minutes away they can Ugh. be off-road and such wonderful and uh they're probably getting sick of it by now. They they probably <laughs> like to go someplace very flat and
5: no, this, no trees, no, fish, no rocks. No, not, really, <laughs> no, no, not really. But seriously, you might
4: want to go someplace further away. In, in, well, that's like true. The, the Rubicon yeah. or some or of these. Moab. Yeah, yeah, or or even
0: Colorado. Some of the wonderful places in Colorado, it'd be it'd oh. be a lot of fun. Well, see, and and really long distance tows like that make me nervous doing a flat toe because oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Sense. If you do run into something, um, you know, where it's a it's a catastrophic uh, failure of some kind or another, you may not be able to flat tow. And even though you have the tow rig and your Jeep is set up to be towed, um, it, it may not be able to be because of whatever damage that it was that that you incurred. Um, but you raise a good point because at that point, all you really need to do is get to your local U-Haul. It might be a two-hour drive, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, you're 16 hours from home, so what's another two hours um, type of thing? And, and you can go get one of those dollies that, that would, would fit the bill as far as you know, being able to tow it with two wheels up and, and two wheels down. So, um, I, I suppose, yeah, there, there is a, a third option there in, in that regard, and in, in that uh, there's another option to where you could, you could still tow your rig, but not necessarily have a trailer. Because you're right, you know, you do have to store that trailer, and that is a whole nother vehicle, essentially, as far as space goes. And, and you, you can't just, you know, park that, leave that trailer out in, on the street in front of your house, um, or on the side of your house, if you've got, you know, HOA type of thing. It's a good point, Tony. I didn't, I didn't really think about the HOA side of things uh in that regard so um yeah another another good point you know just, just another piece of perspective that we uh that we don't you know think about when uh we start talking about towing jeeps and stuff so yeah thanks for bringing that up well we want you to join in on the campfire side chat as we alluded to at the beginning of this segment uh we want you to join in on uh, each and every week we do something a little bit different a different topic and a different discussion and you can go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways that you can reach out to us and, and figure out how to join in on these, on these discussions. Uh, of course, Facebook is, uh, is where we go ahead and make those announcements as well, uh, where you guys can uh, get the information on how to join in with us each and every week. Uh, and we are doing this each and every week, and we'd love to see you next week. Don't forget to go to the jeeptalkshow.com website to see the latest in events from around the nation and in your hometown as well. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow jeeper. Until next week, be sure to join the Jeep community in helping us take over the world of social media by liking, friending, and following us on Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast.
2: Well, if I would have known it was going to be this kind of party, I wouldn't have stuck my dipstick in mashed potatoes.
5: Podcasting since 2010.